Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. The reading today is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures eternal life, for which Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed the seal of approval. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they ask him, what sign will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. But Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, for it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of God of the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to them in your words, in the anthem, in the prayers, in the hymns, in the proclamation. Speak to us, O Lord, so that we would clearly hear who you would have us be. But transform us, O Lord, so that we would leave this place not just as hearers of those words, but as doers of those words. In your Son's holy name we pray. Amen. So nutritionists like to point out that what they call the standard American diet is rich in energy, but it is poor in nutrients. Now, I know you're thinking, like, seriously, you're going to talk about food right here before Thanksgiving? Yes, we are, but bear with me, we'll get to the real food in a minute. See, what we tell you when these, talk, these nutritionists, they talk about things like donuts and sodas and cheeseburgers and chips and fried fill-in-the-blank 
and pizza and cakes and pies and ice cream and all the foods that we love, well, all the foods I know that I love, and some of you do too, that all of these are really great going down. But really inside, they give us this boost of energy. While they taste divine, they slow our metabolism. They boost fat storage. At the end of the day, they make us sluggish and a bit like a couch potato. But if we would eat good food, nutrient-rich foods, like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, fish and lean proteins, things that were grilled and steamed versus fried, we'd be eating foods that were full of vitamins and minerals. They would boost our energy and give us longer lasting, more and better energy. It would aid our digestion, build muscle, strengthen bone density, improve our cognition. They're good for our heart. They help us sort of operate our best. Think of it as like a nutritious tune-up to our body. And so that's what they want us to do. And when we realize this, this steady diet of good food improves and sustains our lives each and every day. That's physical food. But the day's text is about spiritual food. The food that we should consume, that we should seek out to improve our lives and our relationship with God. See, in the text today that Bob just read, Jesus is now, he's gone from feeding the 5,000 and walking across the water to Capernaum. And he's gone there to be sort of by himself for a few days to rest and to recuperate, to pray and to listen. But the crowds, amazed by the miracle of feeding the 5,000, they have sought him out. They wondered where he had gone and they heard rumors that he might have gone across the lake and so they went to him. And they corner him and they say, Jesus, when did you get here? Hoping to learn more about another miracle. And what I like about Jesus, and always when you have an interaction with him in the text, is Jesus is always one step ahead of us. He's reading the question beneath the question. And while it looks like a question of idle chit chat, like, hey, so when did you get to town? They're really asking him more about when are you going to perform your next miracle? When are you going to feed us again? And so Jesus doesn't mince words. Instead, he gauges them in a conversation about bread and food that is not about physical food, but it is metaphorical and it is spiritual in nature. He tells them that they need to seek the food for eternal life, that this food only comes from God and that it is the bread of life. And that if they'll have this bread of life, that they will never, ever go hungry again. Now, as I said, they came asking about food and they got a metaphorical, spiritual conversation. So Jesus is teaching them that what God really wants us to do and really about how God really wants us to live our best lives in the kingdom of God and how we can go about finding it. That's what this is about. It's about spiritual food, living our best lives, and how we can obtain it. See, what we know is that we know that God only wants the best for you and me and for all of us. I mean, think back to creation when God created each and every day. At the end of the day, it was, and it was good, was what God uttered. 
Who is more than good, though? It was perfect. It was just the way it should be. And so what we begin to understand is God only wants the best for us. But oftentimes when we hear that, when we hear that God wants the best for us, we let the world answer the question of what it is. I mean, we think about this idea of a prosperity gospel where what that might mean is that we live in the best houses, we drive the best cars, we wear the best clothes, we have the best jobs, we have the best friends, the best kids, you know, all these things. That's what the world wants us to hold on to. That's called marketing. But what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about this best life. It's about his misguided idea of the best that the world wants. The best life that God wants for us is a life about relationships. It's about a richness in life and a profound meaning as to why we get up each and every day and we do life. It's about the sense of making a difference in the world around us. That's the best life that God wants for us. And so when we begin to seek the life that God wants us to lead, we begin to know that it's truly about the relationship that we have with God. It's about taking this idea of being not my own way, Lord, but your way. It's about dying to ourselves so that we might live for God. It's about understanding that God provides so much for us if we would just cultivate and deepen that relationship. We begin to realize the best life that God wants. It's where we begin to understand that God is the source of our lives. That God has a purpose and a meaning for each of us in this place and for all of humanity. It means that God is calling us to live, to act, and to serve so that we may help and change the world for the sake of the kingdom. Understanding the best life is understanding that God provides us the bread that we need for that life so that we may live at our best and be sustained. And so when we begin to understand what this best life is about, this food that God is providing us, then we have to understand that it, we have to figure out where it comes from. Where might we find this food? Where, where is its source? And we begin to realize that it comes from God, and we start to try to find ways to seek it out. When I was a freshman at Davidson College, we all were required to have the meal plan at the Vale Commons. And so the Vale Commons was this wonderful dining hall about three times the size of this room. And I am convinced in my mind's eye, maybe it's a little hyperbole of time, but I'm convinced that when you walked in, it was a buffet as long as this room. And the greatest thing about it was you could eat everything. You could go back as many times as you want. You just got a clean plate. I mean, it was awesome. And so we could go in there and we would pile our plates high with French fries and hamburgers and pizza. And there was pecan pie and there was soft serve ice cream and there was an endless waffle bar. I mean, I don't think I ate a vegetable for three weeks. And I mean, the plate never stopped. It was constantly piled high with all of this great food by the way, none of which is really good for you in mass quantities. 
See, I think what happens when we seek out this idea, the best life, we sort of think about it like a large buffet, like something you would see in a college cafeteria or the K&W where you would take your plate. And if we can just find God, we keep piling stuff on it, looking for God, adding more activities to our calendars, creating things that add stress to our lives, or we try to numb our minds with mindless things going on around us, thinking that if we do this, that we're going to stumble across the best thing. But the reality is we're looking in the wrong spot. The reality is that when we take our plates and we pile them high with the things that distract us from God, we are not eating the best food. Instead, to find the best food, the good food, it's got to be like manna. We've got to realize that it comes from heaven. It comes from God on high and that God provides it for us. So we begin to look for it in prayer, in service. But we can find it in here. We can find it in the Holy Scriptures. We can find it when we open it up because it's in these words, in this book, that God speaks to you and me. So what if you did this experiment with me this week? Let's don't do the week. Let's do the rest of this month, the rest of the year. So for the next six weeks or so, roughly, what I want you to do is I want you to take out your Bible and I want you to take a piece of paper every day. And you can start anywhere in the Bible that you want to. Pick your favorite book. If you don't have one, start with John or with James or Timothy. One of those three was a good place to start. But take that out and start to read just one section, just one story. And as you read that story... Write down the words or the phrases that snap off the pages at you. The ones that catch your eye, that stir your soul. Write those words down. Then after you've done that, if you've read the text a couple of times and you think all the words that are going to pop off the pages have done that, then I want you to write a one-sentence prayer. A one-sentence prayer in response to what you see and what those words are saying to you. And then I want you to write one sentence, one sentence on how you're going to use those words in your life today. So if you take out your bulletin, you see right there the scripture that was there for today. If we were to do that, maybe the words that would pop off the page, these are the words that pop off of it for me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life and those who come to me will never go hungry Those who believe in me will never thirst. Those are the words that pop off to me. So if you're doing these exercises right alongside with me, maybe your prayer might be something like this. Dear Lord, let me always seek your bread, your food every day. And maybe the sentence for action is that every day, Lord, for the rest of this week, the rest of this month, the rest of this year, let me turn to your scriptures. Let me open up your words and hear how you would speak to me and write them down. What would it look like at the end of it all, by the end of December, if we collected our pages and realized we had formed this habit of turning to God's word? where God was speaking to us, we began to realize that our plate was being piled high with the good food, the food that sustains our life, 
that strengthens our relationship, that helps us understand our purpose. Well, once we know about this food and we know where to get it, then we've got to have it. I mean, when you find out about that restaurant that is really good, that thing that's really wonderful, you've got to have it, right? You talk all about it. I mean, think about the chicken sandwich wars that are going on right now. I mean, first there was KFC. I mean, the colonel was finger licking good, right? But then along came Bojangles. And then there was Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A ruled the roost for years until Popeye's popped up. And before you know it, there's not a Popeye's chicken sandwich to be found in anywhere in America because as soon as they start making them, they're selling them as fast as they can put them on the line. Or maybe you've had it with chicken sandwiches and you've gone straight to Keaton's Barbecue outside of Statesville. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Once you have had the chicken sandwich or the barbecue chicken to save the universe, you've got to have it as often as you can, right? Well, think about that. You see, God wants the best life for us, and it's the same way. God wants for us to seek that food every day where we've got to have it, where it strengthens our lives. Because we realize that God is with us, that God shows us direction, that God gives us guidance we begin to realize the compounding effect of that as it builds day upon day, word upon word, that daily bread changes our spiritual health, doesn't it? Pretty soon we have energy for service, focus for how God is in our world, purpose and meaning. We find fulfillment realizing that we are doing and being the people that God called us to be. And maybe just maybe as we've changed our diet and we subscribe and we eat only of the good food, the spiritual food that God provides us, we begin to bear the fruits of the Spirit. We begin to live lives of love, patience, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. We begin the people that God wants us to be, but we find such fulfillment in sharing that message with each other and with all the world. Because we have found the good food. We have found the best life. And we are living into it each and every day. So we come upon this week of thanksgiving. We begin, in a sense, today with the harvest gifts that we have brought forward, sharing the thanks and the blessings of our lives to give them to others. But as we gather together on Thursday, as we gather with our families around the meal, and as we pile our plates high with all of the good and traditional Thanksgiving foods, let us do two things. One, let us give thanks for the blessings that we have received throughout all of our lives. But then let us also look at our plate as we, as we pile it with physical food. Let us be reminded to fill our souls with spiritual food. That we fill it with God's good food, God's word, God's spirit, God's grace. Because when we do that, our lives are at their best. And we are living the life that God wants for you and me and the world. 
and that we can go forth and share the good news of the good food with everyone. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.